This episode of the podcast is brought to you again by you for supporting those local businesses and brands that you believe in. We talk a little bit in the podcast about two local skate shops and how much we enjoy them and how important they are. Well, let's return the favor to them and support them in their time of need. When they don't know if they'll ever reopen again, you got to show them that you care and that you are on their side. So tag them in their social media account, repost them, screenshot them, whatever you can do, buy their product for sure. Anything that you can to get them more followers, more attention, and just show them some love. Let's do that and let's band together and uplift each other in this crazy time that we are in. Okay, this episode of the podcast is with Hunter Grimm, a Texas rollerblader, professional rollerblader, Cirque du Soleil guy, uh, just all around really cool dude. I've been following him since I saw some of his skate videos on YouTube and it was a real pleasure to talk to him and proud that a kid from Texas can do some of the things that he has done. So I hope you enjoy this wonderful podcast and wonderful conversation with Hunter Grimm. All right. We are recording. And, um... Okay. Um, I got to know something. The last time, like the first time I ever talked to you, which I'd seen your videos or whatever, but the first time I ever talked to you, you took Dean's phone while I was doing a podcast with him, and y'all were in the UK. Yeah, we were actually in London at the time, and uh, it took me even like a day or two to realize who you were. And uh, you're actually from Texas, so am I, um, or you live in Texas. But uh, yeah, it was, it was funny because I came in with Dean, and we were just kind of messing with him while you were on the podcast, and grabbed the phone and it was funny to hear you realize you're like is that Hunter Grimm and I was like oh, is that a rollerblader you're talking to <laughs> he's like yeah he's like oh that's cool <laughs> kind of a uh, small world because I know he comes from the Red Bull crash dice so I was a little bit surprised and I was like oh it's uh, pretty awesome well I honestly had no idea that you were like doing the surf thing and like hang, like y'all were going as a crew I saw I had been following him uh, just cause I don't know what it was, you know, how Instagram throws things up of like, if you like something, so a Red Bull crash dice thing came up and I saw him and so I just followed it. So I had had him, uh, yeah. I had had him on there and then randomly in the stories, he's like shoulder to shoulder with you in San Antonio in like an old picture or something. And I was like, how's this guy from <laughs> Canada know Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. We got linked up doing the, looks like it's a late deal. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of my uh, my fault too. I haven't really been, I've been doing that for about two years now and I haven't been as active as I wanted to on social media. You kind of just get caught up on the road and, you know, just living and I, I try not to be on my phone too much, so. Man, I totally appreciate yeah. that because I didn't get, I, I honestly didn't mess with social media until I got this podcast. Like I never yeah. had a Facebook page, period, until this po- like, and I still don't get on it. Uh, my wife has to remind me, like, "Hey, you haven't posted anything in like three days." I'm like, "Oh crap, I need to get on there and do something." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to do. I mean, it's a great platform. It's pretty much free advertising for anything that you're trying to do. So, I used to be super active, kind of when I was younger, trying to make a presence in the blading world. Uh, I was always trying to post something almost every other day, but. I don't know what what's gotten in kind of things change, and I guess you don't. Well, just don't post as much. I kind of care to just doing my own thing. I don't care if anyone else sees it, but uh, it's, uh, 
I got it. I got it. Go on. What'd you say? I was gonna say, like a lot of people see me. I post skating clips every once in a while. And they're like, "Where have you been?" And I'm just like, "Oh, I'm doing the Cirque du Soleil. Sorry, I haven't been keeping you guys up to date. my best." Well, that looked like a lot of fun. And the question I was like, I was really wondering, and it hit my head actually a couple of days ago. I was like, "Man, I talked to them right before everything shut down. Like pretty close." To when they were, yeah. you know, travel bans and stuff, and y'all were in the UK doing your thing. So, how close to time did you make it back, and did you have to quarantine and all that good stuff when you got back? Um, so we were pretty close to time at the time. It was we talked to in, in London, and I think we were just two weeks later in the tour. We were in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, and so we got word pretty pretty late, and we ended up actually performing the rest of our weekend of shows and uh, I kind of flights were canceling left and right people were canceled and mine stayed stayed on and the only thing the only place to fly out of was one in Heathrow at the time so I got there just at the nick of time and got back and surprisingly was expecting to land at the airport in America and people were saying it was just a hiatus two hour wait to get through they're taking people's temperatures it's the real deal, and I walk into DFW, and not a single person checked me. They, I was out out of immigration within thirty minutes, and I was shocked. I was, but um, I, I did quarantine myself. I was, I got back. I'm living with my parents right now, and they're a little older, so we kind of stayed in our own rooms for a couple of weeks until we kind of got the feel of things, and, and everything's been cool after that. So. Did you get tested at all, or did you just quarantine? No, I didn't get tested at all. I just just quarantined. Uh, check check my temperature twice a day. Just be cautious of it. Really didn't leave the house too much, but I do live right next to the lake, uh, Lake Grapevine here in Texas. So been going down there a lot, staying active and getting out, but you know keeping my distance and being smart about it at the same time. Yeah, I just thought that was so so nuts. So, um, anyway, tell me, like, so this is funny. Well, I guess it's funny. I don't know. To me, my daughter like my daughter like sees all the rollerblading stuff that I watch on you know YouTube. I still like a skater kid would. I still dorkly scroll through all the skate videos and stuff and watch as many things as I can. And she goes, she's like, "Who are you on the pod? Who's going to be on the podcast this week?" And I was like, "Hunter Grimm." And he's like, who's that? And so I pulled up your video, right? Uh, it was your uh, Welcome to Razor video. Just to just oh, yeah. to show her like who, like who it was. And she goes, holy cow, you get to talk to the coolest people. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> so I just want to know what, what got like, where, when did you start Rollerblade? What, did you, what got you into it? And all that good stuff. So actually, no, I woke up, my parents know about the podcast. So I woke up this morning and talking about it and I even asked my mom today, I go, when did I start playing ice hockey? That, that is originally how I got into it. I started playing ice hockey when I was five years old. The, uh, the, the neighborhood mall we kind of had down the street, they had a couple ice rinks in there. And I remember I, she always tells the story of me and I see the ice and I just look at her and I say, I have to try it. And we needed to get a pair of socks, so we went to the store, bought a pair of socks in the mall, came back, and I just started eating it up. And we made it a thing, just started going to the ice rink, and 
uh, eventually started picking up italki and in that same exact mall they had a skate park in there as well and it actually did turn into be one of those kind of little woodwards they had scattered out throughout the United States like Philadelphia Colorado the Dallas one nothing like a camp or anything the big ones but uh, took my uh, street hockey skates there that we used in the off season for hockey one day and I was just jumping stuff and kept going a couple of times with my buddy and our hockey coach she hated it because we <laughs> He didn't want us to get hurt and everything. And when I was seven, eight years old, we were on a travel hockey team, so it was pretty competitive down here in Texas, uh, believe it or not. But eventually, one of those times, I went to the skate park and I just saw this guy on rollerblades doing grinds, flips. Man, he was tearing up the park like things we've never seen before and never even thought of. And we didn't know how to do anything besides maybe just jump over a little box jump and. People will laugh at us because we're at our hockey skates and stuff. It is whatever. We were just young and having fun. And it all kind of happened in this exact same mall. I went to a sun and ski sports in that, that mall, and they had a pair of K2s there, and I bought them and been just skating ever since then. That's Started cool. on the skate park, skating those slider rails. So. That's awesome, man. Um, the hockey thing, I just picked. Out of all the rollerblading I did, obviously growing up in South Texas, I mean, you know, you know, Raina, it's like hot. When I grew up, they didn't have an ice skating rink down there. So the closest yeah. one was Houston. And I loved hockey. Dude, I just love, I loved hockey, the sport. I followed it. I wanted to play. But I, for some reason, I never played on rollerblades at all. I just, all I did was aggressive skate. So um, yeah. when I moved up to College Station, I was like, they have a hockey league. And I go, a hockey league? This is awesome. I'm like almost 40 years old. I'm just learned. I like just started to learn how to play hockey. Uh, yeah. And I love this man. It's so much fun. Nothing like no. There's no like more welcoming group of people to something new than that sport. Yeah, exactly. I had a blast playing it. When I was younger, I I was I tried everything. I just wanted to do it all. So I was juggling all sorts of sports. I played baseball was kind of my main thing, and I ended up quitting hockey. Um, for that, so I still quit at a relatively young age, but then rollerblading always had stuck stuck still with me a little bit. And we had a, a super cool crew, kind of through middle school and everything, with six or eight of us that would go out every weekend, and we didn't even know what we were doing. We were just going around shredding everything we can. A couple of us knew the names of the grind, but that is pretty funny. Uh, they, yeah. all, they, all, they all ended up kind of dying out, and I actually did quit for kind of a year. Not even really just quit, it kind of just wilted away, but um, kind of quit the end of eighth grade. And then it was uh, freshman year, I even played football. I was in football practice, and one of my buddies came up to me and was like, Man, guess what I've been doing lately? And he was like, What? He was like, Rollerblades, and I've been going to Eisenberg, too, where the legendary hoedown was. Took place, so I ended up. He convinced me to grab a pair of skates. I bought a pair of Deshi Carbon. I my first session back, I was learning tricks I'd never even done when I was younger. You kind of, I guess, you grow in your body a little bit more. But after that, that's when it really clicked for me, and I started skating every day and really pushing it. And that's when all the other sports I was playing kind of, I didn't really care for much anymore. But 
Yeah, you get like laser focused on the thing that you enjoy. Yeah, and I'm, I am thankful for the way my parents did push me um, through these sports because we did. I played competitive baseball, competitive hockey when I was younger. You do learn a lot of things from these coaches when you're playing at that level, just for mental game and life stuff. So I kind of just took all that and applied it to blading. And I said, I don't need a coach. I'm kind of tired of people blowing whistles and yelling at me all the time. I'll just take what they've taught me and I'll do it myself and be coachable myself. So motivation. I mean, in, in action sports world in general, I mean, you name the whatever it is, scooter kids, dirt bikes, BMX, I mean, whatever it is, um, they're really, I mean, really it's you and your creativity plus like, I mean, there is no forget, you know, when you messed up, it's not a coach blowing a whistle. It's the concrete slamming in your face. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, so, I mean, there really is no like better test of, whether you did something right or wrong, you know, you, you learn how to bail, I guess real quick because it hurts and you don't want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I take some incredible falls. I don't know how sometimes I end up on my feet, but you know, 14 years of doing it, I guess it just comes second nature. Yeah. Um, so what's, I got to It's just a question. It's weird. It's like, what's it, because I never, w- I never got sponsored. I mean, by some local little skate shops, you know, get free wheels and whatnot. Um, it was really difficult for, you know, us there. We would have to, like, make tapes and send them in. I wasn't able to move to California, which was kind of a necessity because, I mean, the Internet really wasn't even around um, yeah. that big. So um, what's it – I just want to know, like, what's it like as a kid? You've got this thing that you love to do. And then all of a sudden, a big company wants to come up and sponsor you. Um, I mean, it's difficult at times, and I guess it's just how it's approached. It could either make your day or break your day. But I was kind of fortunate enough that Intuition Skate Shop was the first com- or shop or anything to to sponsor me. And by the time he did sponsor me, I'd actually gone to. Camp Woodward West for a couple of years as a camper and then I worked there and we'd always go doing Intuition Week and built a good solid relationship with Matt Mickey which as everyone that's met this dude you, if you spend some time with him you realize he's, he's one of the best dudes around so he um, he finally picked me up after four or five years of kind of just being around and wanting to be involved with him and kind of set me set me up for everything that I had going Going after that, um, just being there, inspiring me as a shop owner, and then also pushing me to do competition, um, work with the kids, and just travel and take everything you can and from blading in at the time. So that was real fortunate. Younger, coming from my, my mom and my dad both flew for the airline business, so it made it kind of quite easy for me to fly to competitions, do everything, kind of make an appearance everywhere I can and really push push hard at this thing if I'm really going to do it. And Matt Mickey was always there to stand by the side and support it every way. So shout out to him for really sticking with all the team, motivating everyone to just push blading and love what you do. 
That's that's really sweet mm-hmm. that both both your parents work yeah. for the airlines. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm real fortunate for that, and uh, I thank them every day for that too. And I thank my parents too for even supporting me. I know kind of the sports growing up; they're always kind of pushing me to do that. But then I think it was some skate competition in Dallas. The, we called it the D Town Tussle. It wasn't anything too big, but I. It was my first street competition, and I placed third, and I think that was, and my dad watched it all, and he saw how much I had just destroyed myself in this competition. Like, I couldn't even walk the next day, and I had a baseball game. I think that was the eye-opener of kind of how he saw that I'm, this is what I'm into, and this is what I want to do, and so they kind of pushed off and laid off the baseball thing and were very supportive of me as well. That's pretty cool, man, because, I mean, there's a lot of parents that don't go that route because they think that all exactly. action action sports stuff is just all drugs and, like, crazy people yeah. and, like, a bad crowd. They're all criminals and that sort of stuff. So it's pretty cool your parents supported you, especially after watching you fall so bad. Yeah. And, I mean, going to these competitions, too, you know. You know how rollerbladers are at these get-togethers. Everyone's pretty wild and... <laughs> They went to, I was actually talking to Jason about it today. He goes, yeah, when I first met your dad, I talked to him at a bitter cold for two hours. <laughs> he was, he said he was a mess. And so I guess my, my dad can handle that and came on from there. So Yeah, my parents didn't take uh, too kindly to the, to the crew. They just warned me and said, if you ever go to jail for hanging out with any of those people, well... We're not bailing you out. Yeah. I think my dad would probably do the same too, but it took him a while to realize that I guess I got a decent head on my shoulders still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's typical. They always kind of, they kind of take a while for me to get it, get my own groove and find something I'm thankful that I found working for a circuit. I'd still be kind of just skating just for fun otherwise, but, they, you know, they give you the casual, like, Maybe it's time to start getting a real job or focus on something else. But that's something uh, I noticed. So I went to your stories and I watched one of your saved ones of the Cirque stuff, and that's the first time I really saw like one of like the little. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but I got to see, I guess, some of the runs that you guys do, some of the jumps yeah. and flips, and I'm like, holy cow, that's on ice skates, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And- I mean, yeah, I did start playing ice hockey young, but I did also quit young, too. So starting this a couple of years ago when I got into it, they said, send me a video of you on your ice skates. And I, my roommate had a pair of thrift store ones that he had for 20 bucks, so I went and sharpened them and hit the ice. <laughs> first, first session back, I couldn't even skate. And I looked at my friend that brought the camera and said, maybe we don't need the camera today. <laughs> I said I need to learn how to skate again first, and it took me a session or two, but I, I did start getting it back, and then I still have to work kind of on my, my ice skating still skills today, those sharp cuts and just the drills, but uh, we've got it done pretty good now. Well, how did, you, how did you come in contact with those people? Like, what made them want a video of you skating? Did you, like, search after them, or did they come after you? Um, so, actually, it's... Kevin Lapierre was the one that kind of was the the inside man for me there. Um, right when I graduated high school in 2014, we went 
that first summer I went on the Seven Scum tour. Oh, did I lose you? I can ship with him and later later on down the line and four or five years later or maybe four years later we were I'd been living in Colorado for the past three years and I had known that Kevin had been on the road with them from his following him on social media and he hits us up one day and says, Hey, we're out in Colorado Springs doing shows for the week. If uh, you wanna gather up any of the boys and come down I'll get you guys tickets so it was like me Jared Banning Will and an hour and another buddy we went down and watched the show we were just an hour hour down from Denver and Colorado Springs and we watched the show and he gave us when you get French seats it's always they're, they're pretty good seats you can get the backstage pass after you know he gave us the whole deal, the whole package deal so we go back and he shows us all the rants and I actually get to look at him and touch him and, and I'm like, oh, these are pretty scary, but not too bad. And I ended up, we ended up booking a adultery room where they're actually staying at the hotel too. We ended up staying there the night, hanging out with him. And uh, we were just kind of, you know, talking, shooting the shit. And said, hey, like me and Jared were both kind of like, hey, if you guys ever need anybody backups and anybody to do this, I'd be interested to give it a whirl. And, kind of gives you that look, like, are you serious? Or are you just kind of messing with me? And we told him we were serious, and sure enough, two, two months later, I'm down, he, he messaged me, he goes, hey, you kind of still interested in this? We might need a guy soon, and this is what you need to do. And I told him, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll give it a whirl. And sure enough, next thing, I get calls to go to Montreal, where the headquarters are, to go do training. And uh, it was just... It all just happened, and here I am now. Almost two years later. It's kind of it, it's kind of so. crazy that, uh, like, the rollerblading stuff took you into something like that. Now you're like you travel the world doing Cirque du Soleil shows on ice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy. Uh, people are like on ice. It really surprised people because they're like you're a rollerblader. I'm like, yeah, so play my hockey though. <laughs> Dude, I can't, I cannot, yeah. lie. I can't lie. When, uh, when Dean like said he was in Cirque du Soleil at first, like when he messaged me about it, um, I mean, I was like, this guy's. In, I was thinking like the Vegas Cirque du Soleil shows, you know, yeah. n- not on ice, like not on ice. He didn't clarify that it was on ice, so I was like, whoa, this got really insane real fast. Yeah. I know people always message me. They're like, "We're in Vegas. We want to see your show." I'm like, huh, "Funny, there's like, there's a lot of shows, so I'm not on any of the ones there." But yeah, yeah ours is a touring one, so we're always we stay a week somewhere and go pack up and go somewhere the next week and just keep moving. So how long do the tours last? Like, how long are you normally gone from home? Typically twelve weeks, but kind of. Now that we're bouncing around and everything's getting more international, we, some of them are eight weeks, some of them are 12. So it usually ranges from eight to 12 weeks and then ranges from two to four weeks off in between that. And then you go kind of just you keep circling that. Do you do you think we're going to get back to a spot where people are going to gather in crowds like that and like fairly soon where they people aren't scared to go to an arena and watch a show like yours? I hope so. 
and I think any everyone in the entertainment industry is kind of hoping so too. And we know things might be a little different, but now kind of being in this this uh, this world full of circus people and acrobats now, it's kind of a new world for us. Like we're the extreme skaters coming in, but we still get along with them. But uh, it's kind of cool to to see that side of they're entertainers and that's what they've been doing for their living like some people, some of the friends I'm with they've lived on a cruise ship doing shows or their dolly partners show up in South Carolina and stuff like that so definitely an interesting environment but uh, they're all kind of coming together and staying a family but we'll, we'll see I think our goal is to go back in around September Oh really? So they've said something like you're you've kind of got like at least somewhat of a tentative game plan. Uh, yeah, I mean you don't have to give yeah. any dates or anything, but like you know you've got a they've got a game plan together to like hey we're gonna start ramping up and trying to go this time frame. Yeah, at least we've got a little time frame, but we know it's nothing for sure, but it's pretty definite. So um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it would be pushed back a little longer. But who, who knows? Everything changes day by day by this. What's going on in the world right now? So, so how old are you? I'm 24 right now. I will be turning 25 July. So, so 20. You're almost 25, and you've already traveled the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've got a lot in my belt already. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready for for what's next really so do you go and hang out guess, like when you go places do you go and hang out with like the local people and check the different things out that are there yeah I do try to be pretty interactive of messaging kind of local bladers we were in Latvia and I hung out we went with dinner to Nils Jansen one night and he came and saw the show so we we do like I know with Richie Eisen and uh, Dustin Robeski from Canada when we were there they came and saw we are pretty active of of getting out sometimes we don't get to skate as much as we want uh, we only typically have two days off in a week and it's usually monday and tuesday and we kind of live in skates already and skate every day so it is kind of hard to keep that balance of trying to blade and, and skate at the same time but we we have, like i said we try to make it work and never really forget where we come from and we've got me, Kevin, and, and Martin Baruis from France with the S3 Rollerbladers, so we can always go pick up the skate park and shred it. I think that's one of the, my most fun things about like traveling, though, um, is just whether you blade or whether you do whatever. Like, it doesn't matter, but I've, yeah. and I've said it on the podcast before, but traveling is such an important thing so that you learn things about cult. Like, it's the best education I've ever received from experience exactly. different cultures and things that you think are one way and they're just not um, at all. I mean, it's so weird to immerse yourself in different people's, like the customs, the way they do things. And then you're like, oh, this, wow, this is pretty cool. Like they're, you're human just like you were, just like I am. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree with two traveling is you learn the most. And like I said, like when I graduated in 2014, I went on a two-month tour that first summer and after that I was, that was just kind of me getting set free I I just couldn't 
like like I said, I was fortunate with the the flying benefits, so I couldn't get enough of the traveling. And uh, kind of told myself I was gonna take a year off and year or two from school and just travel, and then kind of just got stuck doing it. And here I am, six years later, still. Well, I'm just I, doing it. <laughs> I like to see things like this because um, there's a lot of moments in time like where nothing's happening. Like you probably bladed for a long time and never in your like you weren't going for the goal of being in Cirque and traveling you know the world making a living doing this like getting paid to do it but you stuck you stuck with something that you love to do and then it provided this opportunity like it just happened because you worked hard at something that you loved yeah exactly I'm I'm so stoked and thankful to, to have had this opportunity to be with Cirque because it did kind of, it, it has changed my life in a way. And at the time, I was living in Denver, Colorado, just working a restaurant job. And we had the sickest skate crew and we were we were just skating and having fun. We didn't care if we were barely making it by. And then this came and I said, you know what, why not? Like, why not, why not get something out of this? And... I know I'm not rollerblading, I'm, I'm ice skating, but everything I kind of do, still I want to promote rollerblading, and this has given me kind of a platform to come back when I want to, because I know I'm not going to do touring forever, maybe not even for five years, maybe just the next couple of years, but it's given me the stepping stone to, to come back to blading and do what I want, because that's kind of that's what my life that's where I want it to be. I want to own a shop or run run blade camps. And the Texas scene here has really inspired me to do that. With a group with Josh Glowick, he lives in Spain, and he he runs uh, what's called the Blading Camp, and it's been very successful for him. And he's just an inspiration to me. And along with Fritz Petzner, he opened the the shop here in Plano, and it's just been been thriving and just all part of growing the community and sharing the passion and the love that we have. I was actually really curious about that skate shop. Uh, I saw it open up, and that's been one thing. Even when, like, back in the 90s when I was doing it, in Texas, it was really tough for a rollerblade shop to make it. Yeah. And I'm surprised. He's been going for about a year, and I'm, I am I keep in contact with him a lot, and I try to help him out as much as I can, but he, he kind of likes to, to do it himself, but... I'm surprised how well he's doing for the first year of being a shop. So props to Fritz for really holding down for us. And he's really growing the scene here fitness wise and aggressive. So kind of with the times being off the blades, I've been actually diving into fitness blades a lot lately. Can't get enough of it. Man, you know, what's crazy? Like, like pigeonholing things and, you know, like skaters do it. BMXers do it like all oh, the stupid rollerblader kids or the scooter kids or they hold this bias like they're a team of something you know when we're all just yeah. rolling around on wheels that like kids this is a kid's hobby that we're doing you know we're all having fun doing and I'm guilty of the same way of being like you know biased towards aggressive skating who wants to do fitness stuff but now I'm looking at it like that's part of the problem of why the scene dies is because you don't get enough variety of people in it you want to keep it just yours and just for the like the true like people that are into it but then 
as you learn, it's like, oh, no, no, no. I, we need to spread this out to as many people so that we can keep the sport going. Of course, yeah. That's even with the, the quad skating going on right now. It's booming, too. It's, um, <laughs> we've, got it, we've got it all kind of tied to shifting a little bit. That's kind of crazy, the quad stuff. Do you do the quad stuff, too, or just the rollerblade fitness stuff? No, I've actually never, I've never quad skated. I, maybe if I hit the roller rink soon sometime, I'll try it out. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, uh, like, I, I guess you kind of went over your long-term goal, which I think it's really cool of running the camps. How do those sort of camps work? Do you just, like, you sign up for a certain time of year, the summer, or is it year-round, or...? What, how, what's that look like? Yeah, so usually kind of summer is the peak season for camps, and it depends how long you're doing it. If something like a week-long camp, you're going to want to do it in the summer because obviously kids can't come out. But maybe a school year, you could do a weekend, but typically summer. And I guess glow, glows is a little bit different than something you would, Josh Clark, uh something you would have at, at Woodward because Woodward, you, you pay and it is kind of a, a big amount, but you pay and you're, you're there at the camp. Everything's kind of all included, and you skate the skate parks that were there. And what was interesting about Glow's camp was kind of the same deal, but he has pretty much hired transport and housing for all everyone that has makes a reservation. And throughout the four or five days that the camp lasts, he... They have places for them to stay, and they drive to different skate parks that are legendary and just amazing. And then go, they drive to Cliff Spot to go swimming, or drive to a paintball place to go paint. And they keep those activities. But it, he has shuttle services that you seem to so hired to transport all these kids everywhere. And on top of that, rented out entire hostels or mansions to to house them and feed them. So kind of going at it a different approach but uh, I think that's it's a cool cool innovative way instead of just staying at camp and you know you're stuck in, inside the gate yeah 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 and yeah. giving him more of a variety instead of just that will probably bring more kids in for activities and all that good stuff like it not just being like solely about aggressive skating or skateboarding or whatever the camp is yeah uh, and that's the best part about Glow because he just if you've ever met him he's he's oh he's a kid at heart and he'll never grow up so his energy is always the best and he just loves to work with the kids and loves the sport it just and gets to that point I feel with a lot of people maybe sooner than later but it's just and it's kind of gotten with me in the last couple of years that I just love to skate and roll around and I'm not as competitive as i used to be just because i just want to have fun isn't that so isn't that sometimes that can be better than being on the competitive side of things like yeah i'm i mean i stopped man i stopped skating for what was it 17 years i guess i didn't have a pair didn't touch anything didn't roll nothing like nothing and then found some skates at a pawn shop that were my size after meeting Andy Jacuzzi in Arkansas at a wedding, which is so weird and random, right? And he said, you got to get back into it. And then like, okay, sure. Yeah. And then I come back down and there's, I just healed up from a broken foot and there's 
a pair of skates my size, brand new. Nobody skates in College Station. Like, the fact they were there is weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so so I got them, and I was like, this is a sign. So I got them, I started rolling, and you know what? I, like, nowhere close to, like, what I used to be, but I have, like, so much fun. Like, it. if I'm landing stuff, great. If I'm not, awesome. I still just rolled around. Yeah. And I, yeah, I go out and have my bad days. It happens. But yeah, I, I'm surprised, actually. Sometimes I'm in random, I like the thrift store shop a lot, so I always just see random pairs of follows or old school lightning, Rosies. You see a lot in thrift stores, but I wish, I bet all those people now are wishing they still had them in this quarantine. I've been <laughs> seeing so many people post on Facebook that like, I really just want a rollerblade for some reason. Like, let's go. <laughs> it's just bringing it, it's just bringing out all the, the everyone's hobbies that they used to do. So. Yeah, that's one thing that's really been cool. Um, I was actually talking yesterday on a podcast with a friend about like the way community and and not totally about this part, but like you go walking outside now, and I've always been an outdoors guy. Whether it's riding my mountain bike or walk, like we walk, we run, we go to the park. But now you're seeing everybody out there, and it's so like refreshing to see everybody just getting after it outside. I kind of hope it stays around because. It's a nice feeling that, like, there's all this traffic and it's, like, almost more relaxing and more fun to see people doing the same sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. That's what's like down here. Like I said, I went down next to the lake, so I at least probably go on a hike once a day and really starting to get my groove. I'm getting a setup, like a blanket on the ground, a hammock, cooler and stuff. So I go out there and have People are all lined up in their hammocks out on a blanket painting, you know. I really hope it does stick to it. Yeah, like... Well, I, th- I know things might change, but it might not be different, but I hope so that they can in a good way. But Yeah, yeah. When, when, you're, tr- when you're traveling through this, and not to keep it on this topic, because I feel like it's been beat, but like for... It's just like the travel thing we talked about earlier. You never know unless you like experience the cultures and you see them. Was there the same sort of worry and panic? And did you see like a totally different vibe over in the other places where you were? Not too much. I guess we were in England at the time, and people things were still going. Like we were getting off, and people were going to the bars and everything, and the hotel everything was kind of full driving and maybe we get on the bus that takes us to work and the driver is giving hand sanitizer to everyone and he, if he refused it he said then you're not riding my bus but <laughs> so, well, I, gotta, I gotta get to work so I guess I got to <laughs> uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad and it wasn't I, I guess I even got back and things were still open when I got here and now, whenever I get off tour and I got time, I like to skate as much as I can. So I was going out to the skate parks by myself for a couple of days, and then things started to get a little worse. And I was like, "Oh!" Went to the skate parks the next day, and had yellow tape all the way around it, and a motorcycle cop there. And I go, "Oh crap!" Just <laughs> <laughs> something to find something else. And that's when I started power blading. So, well, um, I've wondered this too, okay. like in in places, you know, I've seen Raina doing those cool videos of him skating through downtown Dallas. 
Um, yeah. And it's really awesome. It's like, oh man, I want to do that. Open road just looks fun. Like no cars around, you can just haul through it or whatever. But I've exactly. actually, I've actually wondered if it actually helps street skating that nobody's out or hurts it because everything's free to just go find, I guess. But are the cops less busy? <laughs> so, so they're running around looking yeah. for you. <laughs> Surprisingly, I like I said, I've, I've actually been kind of getting out a lot, but I'm being cautious and just kind of doing my own thing. But surprisingly, I haven't seen that many cops out. And I guess the DFW area here has kind of been quite relaxed, and I've even heard remarks of people saying that, you know, we're going to pay for it or something. But um, I guess it's. Their, their choice, how they want to run it, but yeah, things have been, I'm sure the same same down where you are, you can kind of just get takeout food everywhere, get out and exercise, go to the store, things are still kind of going, but. Yeah, it's, right. I mean, it is, it's the same sort of way, like, shop, there's places that are closed, restaurants open for to-go, um, the, the yeah. thing about College Station, which is nice, the housing market doesn't take really a hit right now anyway. It will if things don't get back. But, like, it's it's like I think the – I just did an Instagram Live with a realtor where they were saying it's like most places are like 8% government jobs and here it's 20% because it's a, the university. Yeah, okay. So they're, they're still getting paid, you know. They're still getting paid – they can work from home or they, you know, they're just off and getting paid. And so the economy, like money's still coming in over here in College Station. It's kind of like in a little bubble. But, um, yeah. and the best That's news, good, the best news ever is that uh, for everybody just breathe a huge sigh of relief because they said fall classes are going to resume uh, in person. So, yeah, and they say it's getting to, to be the worst, the peak and the worst, worst points of the, the virus right now, and then they're also talking about opening things back up the next couple weeks. So that doesn't make make much sense to me, but okay. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's like fear of the unknown. That's what I've been saying. Like I don't know enough about it. I've got opinions, and then I could be swayed. I I mean I don't know. I know I don't like sitting around doing nothing. So I like doing something. Um, I definitely, I definitely don't like being told I couldn't go out and do my activities, like the skate park being closed. Like, why is that closed? Yeah, I, I was not even coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad's coming the same way too. Like when my, him and my mom are leaving the house, she puts on her mask and she goes, "Where's your mask?" And I'm not wearing one. <laughs> If people don't want to be six feet of me, then don't stay six feet close to me. So, <laughs> I mean, man, I, like it's it should be free to do whatever you want, in my opinion. But hey, I we just live in it, man. We just live in it. But it's I, I wanted to yeah. get your perspective from traveling because um, that's interesting to me. I I never believed the news after after just traveling this short, you know, around the state in United States just there and going to Hawaii like I'm I'm I totally leave whatever the news says out of like it doesn't even register I like to know what the actual people there are really going through and you know what's really happening and all that because it's such a like it just blows it out of proportion so it just interests me and you were kind of right over there in the middle of it yeah 
can. It's it's like too, cause being off this much for this long, you want to get out and travel and do much. And I'm cooped up in my parents actually in an apartment right now, and they're in between. They're just retired, you know. Wanted something cheap and easy if they wanted to leave it, but they're starting to get in, looking for a house. But I'm getting a little stir crazy in here because I like to I like to mountain bike as well. I like to work with do some woodwork and put me next to a garden. I'll do some gardening too. So I want a want a yard in the backyard to do stuff, set up a pier. So so hold on, you do yeah, woodwork. I, you do woodworking and gardening. <laughs> I like to do it all. I, um, I really just like to keep keep my hands busy and and work. Um, when I was in Denver, we did some woodworking, and then we were printing um, T-shirts at the time. Growing up, my parents always loved having a nice garden, so I'd always go out and help my mom and do some landscaping stuff. So I just I like to stay busy, kind of like my dad, I guess. But um, well, I thought being back at doing nothing, I'm getting so crazy. I want to. Like creative, yeah, and having an apartment, they don't have that. I mean, we we just we moved into our house, like that's our own house. Um, we're gonna be in it about two years now, and yeah, it's it's really like that's something that I've really really enjoyed. It's just interesting to hear. You know, you don't think of like the skater kid or like you know that that sort of stuff liking gardening. It sounds weird, but I actually <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but it, it actually is something that's so rewarding like you work all day and you move dirt around and you plant things and you set things up and then you get done and you're like oh i love this this was awesome like i had yeah. a really fun day yeah it is it's, it is really rewarding you know it just keeps keeps you busy and i i, I was always cutting the yard planting seeds doing something so it was just watering the flowers and out there spraying the yard <laughs> Well, um, so plans like your plans to to keep blading and opening up your own business. That you have like an entrepreneur type like mindset. Um, in a sense, yeah, I've always kind of been into the entrepreneurish kind of business aspect, and I, I've I've never really gone to school for anything. It's all kind of just what I've learned along the way from people's experiences or you read something from a book and just educating yourself and, you know, traveling and learning and experience, seeing it firsthand. So uh, do kind of come at a, an approach like that. But goals for me right now, I kind of want to just start small. And I think the best thing for me right now is kind of maybe to get some skate lessons going. Um, whether it be a kid at a skate park or a fitness person wanting to skate trails better or just learn how to skate in general. So I'm kind of working with Fritz here um, to start start getting with that because he had a lot of lessons going at his shop. And then I don't know if you heard, but he actually did recently just hit his head and he's not going to be back for on the blades for a couple months. So Didn't you have I something... Did talk to him. Didn't you Very have a, a gnarly crash on your head too? I mean, I saw Fritz's stuff. Um, I didn't see exactly what happened. I just knew he hit his head and it was pretty dicey. Yeah, he, he hit his head at the uh, powwow event. It was pretty bad. He was in the uh, ICU for two weeks about. And kinda, he kind of thought he was fine, but then he didn't really realize he'd been in the hospital for 11 days. Uh so it, it was a little bit more serious and 
I did see the fall and everything. It, it was pretty bad, but also just all me included. We just what we do is so intense. Sometimes we take a lot of blows to our, our head, and whether they're just small ones that add over or a couple of big ones that once in a while they they add up, and it just takes the right one to really knock you really good. And he he got a hold of that one. Didn't you have something? I'm thinking it was you that I saw had something similar happen, like. Uh, no, not quite. Maybe it was Mason Richards from Texas. He was getting his head pretty bad and uh, went to the hospital. I, I've hit my head. Well, I was actually talking about this with Brandon today, but there's only been two times where I gave myself a really good knock that I was concerned, and it was both in comp- street competition. Uh, one was the TSF Austin Texas Skate Series in Austin, and I actually won the competition. It was my last trick that I kind of just ended it on. It's the one that had knocked my head. But, uh, everyone was like, yo, dude, just stop stop skating. You've already done really good. You're probably going to win. Like, you don't need to do this anymore. I'm like, all right, all right. Good, because seeing stars a little bit. And a month later, at the A-Town Stomp competition, I hit my head in the same spot. Um, oh, man. If, if I do get back into competing and push myself really hard, yeah, it's going to... I I push myself to wear a helmet and I push other people, especially during competitions, that um, I don't really do that much hard skating anymore, so kind of trust myself and don't wear one. Uh, I know it's maybe not the best decision, but... Where is it, like, I, I never wear one. I don't make my kids wear one because I don't wear one, and I hated it. My mom wanted to make I, me I, wear I hate one. it, too. It's, it's hot in Texas, skating in Texas with a helmet, it just doesn't feel good, but yeah, I'll wear it if I'm pushing myself, but if I'm not really, then I know, I know my, my limits. What is it about that stigma of wearing a helmet that is so weird? It just feels like you're not good when you're wearing it. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. It's, <laughs> and it takes everyone to really hit your head to be like, all right, I have to wear a helmet now because you know that I'm going to kill me, but. Uh, I don't know what it is, and people just are just rollerblading. It's so so stylish. That's kind of what it's become over the last years. It's all about style and everything. Now it kind of sucks to be hated online for a helmet just because it doesn't look good, I guess. But hey, you're looking after yourself, protecting your dome. So yeah, I my parent, my mom used to make me carry one in like or wear one. He's like, the only way you can do that sort of stuff is if you wear a helmet. And she was a nurse, so she saw everybody's crash, you know, everybody's injuries. Yeah. And I'm like, I cut the straps off of it, um, and then I would put it in my backpack. And then if she drove around to try to like catch up with us or something or try to find us in town. Cause that was our only mode of yeah. transportation. I would put it on. Sure. Like if I saw their car coming, I, my, all my friends would look out for me too. So I never used yeah. it unless they were coming. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was the same way. My parents and I slid me out of the helmet and I would do it away. I don't know what it is. I would sometimes try to wear them recently and maybe skate after session and I'm like, all right, I don't even need this. But it... <laughs> It always happens when, you know, you're, you're just putzing around and you're not focused and you're just, some, most of the time, a freak accident. A lot of my injuries have just been not even doing something that, that hard. It was just it was being lazy with it or maybe not in the right mood or 
just pushing it when I shouldn't have. I guess you learn sometimes when when you're feeling it, you learn not eventually. So isn't that the way, like it's like that with so many different things though? Like you name the sport, you played a lot of baseball. Same way in baseball, like I played a lot of baseball growing up. Um, and yeah. it's the same way in every sport. Like you look at athletics, it's always whenever you're really focused and you're into what you're doing, you're usually fine. Like there's no problems. But it's that moment when you're you're almost I don't want to say overconfident. You've just done it so much you're like relaxed and you're not really paying attention, full attention, like not giving it that same focus. And yeah. that's when your your mistakes happen that are the worst. Yep. And I, I have days like that too. And then that's it. now when I, I start kind of being a klutz like that and taking those weird falls, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Do you ever it's have those, good. do you ever have those feelings when you're doing circ stuff? And is there a lot of pressure to land everything every time, not fall and all that good stuff from the, like from the people? Um, more or less, like, yeah, of course, we're, we're not robots. We're going to take falls every once in a while, but you do have your off days and kind of be like, oh, man, I'm just not feeling right on the blades and things that you do every single day just aren't there and kind of just depends how you approach it kind of mentally and physically. It's just kind of kind of clear your head from that and focus in and know that you do this every day and once you kind of get going it comes back but there are times because some of the couple of jumps we do are pretty sketchy and it's like oh this one's kind of scaring me today but uh, you just kind of gotta let it flow but uh, I don't push it too hard at least I'm not doing too many flips like the crazy guys every day and was- me and Kevin Lapierre me and Kevin kept it, kept it pretty chill a couple of 180s 360s and and there's big jumps. Well, I was kind of doing a quarter quarter uh, pipe backflip for a while, but that's just not my thing anymore. I'm not 14 years old, so. <laughs> you know, well, falling I, off the ramp a couple times, almost broke my leg. I was like, oh, well, not do that anymore. I was actually curious about that because, you know, the Nitro Circus thing has so many tours. So many stops, so many shows, oh, and yeah. just have all all the athletes, every single one of them. You know, like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, exactly. It, it would get like anything else, you know, like your regular day job at that point, where you're like, dude, I just want a day off. I don't want to touch a dirt bike. I don't want to touch a skateboard. I know I'm doing a dream job, but man, I've done this every day and it's dangerous, and I'm just not feeling yeah. like doing this tonight. Yeah, too, and that's, that's why some, on our two days off, we get it. It's like, you know, I don't even want to touch the skate. I don't want to do anything physical. I'm just going to chill out. Um, but I have been trying to catch a good balance of skating and ice skating, and I wanted to start posting some more of both, but <laughs> now I don't have the chance. And I did want to start doing that when we went to Russia, but the weather there was so crappy when we went out into the sun for two months. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Russia was awesome, but man, that was that's an experience. <laughs> the weather's—it's not the same as it is. That vitamin no. D makes a difference, dude. Vitamin D makes a huge difference. It's huge, man. Like you start getting not able to sleep at night. Like you're just all 
you're all up in your emotions and depress, depressing. There, get those little light tablets. Uh, we, have, we have a couple of trainers that always look after us at the show. They'd have these light tablets, and you could go, and there's a sign that said the Cirque du Soleil Crystal Beach. <laughs> two little lights, and you can just sit sit there and put your face in your for about 10 minutes to get your vitamin B. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh. It's hilarious. <laughs> Our friend, uh, Kevin and the buddies. Out in front of it, you're inside of a brick arena with an ice rink and it's freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man, this has been an absolute blast, Hunter. I really appreciate it. Um, let, like, you really do need to start. I mean, I would enjoy you posting more on your social media just because I'm entertained by all that stuff, but right. um, uh, I mean, uh, I think I'm going to. I just got to get back in the groove and. Uh, well, I it's say, not too complicated, so I'll get it going. I mean, I also say do you, but I mean that skate, those skate lessons, it could really benefit, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. But uh, yeah, and it's like I said, it's uh, just time. Some people take time away from it, but I'll be coming back. I'll be posting stuff, and I'm gonna really be pushing myself and players to kind of get that get blading going back going. So I dig it, man. But, I dig yeah, it. This is, this has been a hell of a good time. Uh, I'll keep in touch with you. And good, good first po- first podcast for me to kick it off. But. Heck yeah, man! It's so awesome. Like I said, I'm I'm super honored that uh, this is your first podcast on here. This is this is great. Yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, let it. I guess where can everybody find your shows and keep up to date with the Cirque stuff? Uh, is there a website they can go to to check those things and dates and tours and when they're coming back? Uh, I believe, yeah, you can go to the Cirque du Soleil website. There is a lot of shows, so you kind of have to just go to the Cirque du Soleil Crystal one, um, and it shows you all the tickets, where we're going next. I believe there is a Facebook group. Um, I don't think they have an Instagram specialized for our show, but there is Facebook, too. Um, They're pretty good at advertising all of this stuff, so you kind of try to dive into it a little bit, you'll you'll find it so. and then what's your instagram handle uh my instagram is hunter grim g-r-i-m-m uh no spaces so yeah and be on the lookout for for upcoming stuff i'm gonna be posting a bunch of rollerblading and then getting the lessons going and just being more interactive with the community so and if you guys want to see just a small like just a small taste of what they do in that show i mean i did not think i would be I did not think it would send that sort of like entertainment. I didn't think it would be that entertaining, but it like as it was. When I watched it, I was like, "Man, I could see myself actually buying the ticket and going to that show." So everybody needs to go check yeah, out his and, stories. Yeah, everyone needs to go check it out. I, I, they won't regret it. And yeah, if you want to see a little taste of just our act, it's a fifteen-minute-long act, but I've got maybe a minute of stuff on there. It's on my story, um, kind of the permanent ones that stay there. So. Yep. Little snippets of the show and come check it out. And if, you, uh, if you're a rollerblader and you know me as well, hit me up. We're always welcome to, to get you some tickets and show you backstage, skate when we're in town. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, Hunter, thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Take it easy and I'll be in touch with you. 
Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. And thank you to Hunter for being on the show. Really appreciate it. It was a blast. Remember to support those local businesses and brands that you believe in. Shout them out on your social media, whatever you can. And until the next episode, see ya.